Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and today I get to chat with Jonathan Levy, who is dominating the online learning space. He is a super learner himself and teaches others how to become super learners on Udemy and on his own website. If you've thought about putting together your own premium product, then this is the episode to listen to. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. The one thing you can do for me is leave a review for the show, which helps us expand to an even larger audience. Thanks, and let's get straight to the interview. Hey, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really excited to have you. You've had a lot of success, and I'm sure that our listeners are going to learn a lot from you. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and what you were doing before creating your online courses? Yeah, so pleasure to be here, first and foremost. Thanks so much for having me, Phil, uh, and pleasure to finally meet you. I've heard so much about you. Awesome, um, same here. So yeah, I've been, uh, I've been a serial entrepreneur since I was very, very young. The first business I did that actually worked was 16 years old. Uh, and I built that business up, sold it in 2011 at, uh, at like 23. And then kind of didn't know what I was going to do. So I went to business school, had a bunch of business ideas. None of those really worked out. Um, but along the journey to business school, I'd kind of studied accelerated learning. I'd hired some private tutors and developed this really, really powerful skill set that would kind of allow me to do incredible things during business school and actually do all the reading and actually learn everything that was being taught. And then, uh, you know, after this startup idea that I was working on kind of failed, I spent about six months looking for really a passive income project, something that had a little bit of uh, a moral kind of feel good to it because my previous business was selling luxury car parts. Okay. <laughs> so I was, I was looking ask. for something that was going to help people a little bit more than my previous business had, but was basically going to finance my lifestyle while I searched for this big do good in the world project. So I was like flying to Africa a lot, working with people developing technological solutions for the base of the pyramid. And, you know, so I I put this course online, uh, become a super learner, the original one. And, you know, I, I used the accelerated learning techniques that we teach in the course to read all about how do you create a course? How do you market a course? How do you build a list? How do you do all this stuff? Uh, you know, we put the course online and I was like, dude, if I make a thousand bucks a month, that would be unreal. And, you know, we got our first hundred students and then we got our first 500 students. And I think in our second month we got like 2000 students and then it just went crazy from there. So for a long time, it was still a passive project until about a year and a half later when I was like, all right, nothing, you know, at that point we're at 25,000 students or something. I was like, nothing I'm going to find is going to be as satisfying as teaching people how to learn. And this could actually be the big impact project. So from there, it just, once I fully committed it, it snowballed, right? So now we have a podcast, a book, premium online academy, like seven courses, three languages. Yeah. That's so exciting. And I think this is where a (laughs) lot of people who start out on Udemy or just with their own online course, they eventually want to kind of do what you're doing with your own platform Mm a podcast, books, everything kind of surrounding one sort of learning area. So this, when you started though, this was on Udemy. Was that where you launched first? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. I had no audience whatsoever started. Everything was just Udemy and, and 
kind of, I did a little bit of uh, growth hacking, if you will, to get people to the course and get the course on the front page of Udemy. But besides that, I mean, they were basically my marketing department for a year and a half, two years. Got it. So is there there anything, any advice that you can give people who are launching their course without an audience right now that you think would work Mm -hmm. on Udemy? Yeah, well, I think the marketplace has changed a lot since you and I were on, you know, we're first launching our our courses. And I think it's become incredibly competitive. When I launched my course, I said, well, there's memory courses and there's speed reading courses and nobody's done what I want to do, which is create a unique product that teaches you all of it, like an accelerated learning program. So I lucked out in that regard. But I will say, you know, it almost goes without saying, like building a super high quality product is step number one. And I don't advocating, I'm not advocating marketing crap. (laughs) But um, beyond that, I think, you know, these algorithms work in a certain way and you can research how they work, which is what I did. And basically, Udemy factors in reviews and student engagement and also sales. So a lot of people are like, well, let me just get 2000 people in my course for social proof, I'll do spray and pray with these free coupons. And it doesn't work because engagement is so important. Activity is so important. And actually, I mean, Udemy's not dumb. Uh, they're new, but they're not dumb. And so they know what's going to lead to ultimate student, student satisfaction is pushing the best quality courses to the top. And best quality has a lot of different metrics. So that's what I focus on. Got it. And so I know that getting an engaged student base is so important. Are there things you're doing in your classes that whether it's the structure of the class or just how you present the topic material? Mm. I mean, it's awesome that you know so much about learning because then you can create a course that's perfect for students. Is there something that really makes an engaging course? Yeah, I think, you know, I believe in what one of the things I teach is called brute force learning. So a lot of people think, you know, okay, I want to learn JavaScript. So I'm going to learn from this one course on Udemy and I need to stay focused and I need to just really hone in on this. I I have students tell me this all the time and they'll complain to me about the strategy that I'm going to share right now, which is I give people a PDF syllabus, huge PDF syllabus with like five extra credit reading lectures, YouTube videos, TED Talks, like everything to expand your knowledge, to take it out. And and that has to do with a number of different things. Uh, One is adults need, this is like 1955 research on uh, adult andragogy. Like how does the adult brain work? Adults need immediate applicability. Like you need to actually apply things if you want to learn them. So going out and watching a TED Talk on visual mnemonics is one of the best ways to reinforce what I just taught you in your lecture. And people love to complain about this, especially on Udemy. They're like, well, why do I, you know, I'm watching on my phone. Why do I have to open this PDF syllabus and go out there? And that's another thing. If learning comes too easily, you forget it really quickly. So I get people engaged. And, you know, Udemy's talking right now about doing these, like, I forget what they call them, but basically built-in activities. And I'm like, no, like, don't make it easy. I want people printing stuff out and I want them opening their PDF viewer on their computer and typing in their goals and like putting in work and creating investment um, because that's gonna, it has so many different benefits for learning. And I think that's applicable to any course that you do, like get people off the platform. And I know Udemy is not hot on that. And I've had to like work over the years to develop a lot of strategies for getting people off the platform, but get them off the platform, get them engaging with stuff that, that they're learning. And I think one of the, one of the top things that Rob Percival has done is he's like, Hey, here's, here's a staging environment, like go build apps. 
right now. I think that's one of the reasons why his courses are so successful because there is this culture on Udemy, uh, Udemy, sorry, I always say Udemy, uh, on Udemy where people feel like they're just going to sit there and watch, you know, 50 lectures and they're going to know iOS programming and that's not the case at all. Oops. Yeah, no, totally. And even just having a simple PDF download, it's not something a lot of instructors do, but students love downloads. So it's like this love downloads. It's just like this added value that makes them enjoy your course more or the perceived value of your course is higher. Right. And plus, once you have them on a download page, they're in your world. And once they're in your world, you can do very interesting things. <laughs> yeah. You can make all kinds of wonderful offers. And like, I won't go into that too much because there's a lot of like gray hat stuff that you can do, <laughs> which, which I don't talk about too publicly, but you can do a lot of really cool stuff. And Udemy has, has been very forthcoming with me that they're like, yeah, you can send people to podcast episodes. And mm-hmm. if there happens to be an email subscription form to subscribe to your podcast, like that's totally cool. So yeah. there's, there's a very fine line. And if you want to actually build an audience, which I I imagine is one of the reasons you and I should talk and do this interview is, is like, how do you build an audience when you're not allowed to build an audience? Uh, and that's a big part of it is like creating content off of it. And it's not just you to me, it's Amazon and it's iTunes and it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So let's fast forward because you had a lot of success with your first course. Can you kind of excite our listeners and talk about where are you now with your online courses, uh, share yeah. any life changes, any um, income or sort of what you're doing with your, your online courses now? Yeah. So we are now doing as much or more off of Udemy as we're doing on Udemy just in courses. And that doesn't account for affiliate programs and referrals and Amazon and YouTube and like our company has maybe 10 different income sources, um, if not more. It depends how you ca- categorize them. But a lot of different income sources, the two major, major ones are online course sales at Udemy and online course sales on our own premium platform. Um, so I, at one point, was top five on Udemy. I think now I'm top 10. So you can imagine the long tail there is very long. So I think number one is making a few million I'm not making a few million on Udemy, but uh, it's highly lucrative. <laughs> I'm shying away from giving. Yeah, you don't have to give away numbers. They change a lot. Yeah, but uh, but we're doing very, very, very well on uh, both platforms, and um, cool. And more importantly, we're doing really well on cold traffic, which is this huge, exciting new world. Uh, that's like, I forget what someone called it. My marketing guy called it the golden cow. <laughs> like of, of finding people who never knew about you and 24 hours later they're enrolled in your ultra premium program and benefiting from it, obviously. I mean, like that's the coolest part is someone who for years has been like, dude, my memory sucks. And then 24 hours later, like I, that's just magic to me. Like building that relationship and that intimacy that fast is incredible because we're not asking $15 like on Udemy. We're asking 300 to $500. Yeah. Right. So that's like a lot of trust. If you can get that, yeah, that cold traffic to become a part of your tribe, then that's, that's huge. And I think that's what a lot of people are, are trying to do from when you started creating your courses on Udemy, what was your sort of path in creating your own audience? What were you doing off of Udemy to build your audience uh, from the beginning? Yeah. 
Yeah. So we talk about this a little bit in this course I did with Anthony Mativier. Like I really, for years, I didn't want to build a like how to get rich on Udemy course, but I did want to build a course for other people who are on Udemy, iTunes, have their own blog, have their own podcast, who feel stuck because for a long time I felt stuck on Udemy. And so I've got a lot of strategies and some of them go into like a, a training and some of them I'm happy to share. Uh, the reasons a lot of them are behind a paywall is because they're like, if everyone uses they're them, good. they're not as good. <laughs> yeah. Well, if everyone uses them, I'm, I'm screwed, right? Uh, but if like 100 people use them, then we're cool. Yeah. So um, uh, here's the first big thing, right, is you need to create great content off of Udemy that links into your course. So like I played a very fine line because my podcast is about all things superhuman. If I had done a learning podcast, then every single week I would be sending basically like thousands. I mean, so our audience on Udemy is 81,000 people. So just imagine like when I launch my podcast and I'm sure when you launch your podcast, like new and noteworthy number one first day, beat Lewis Howes, like no problem. So that's super cool for boosting and then growing your audience organically from there, right? Like when you're new and noteworthy, you get every day we get sales from people who never heard about me until the podcast, which is awesome. Uh, but then also, like I said, once you have people on your podcast, on your blog, and you're sending out those educational announcements, and Udemy is not only allowing and endorsing you, but they're super happy about you sending the educational announcements because it's to free content that expands the course. Then you can start building audience from there. So you can't directly tell people subscribe to my podcast or my mailing list, but you can totally do a pop-up on your website. Um, and you can totally do a whole bunch of other really, really cool stuff like free downloads and like whatever you want, basically, uh, you just have to be super cautious. And even if they don't give you their email, there's ways to find those people and, and make sure that they become part of your tribe. I love how you put that. It's the same language I like to use. Um, and, and that was really number one strategy. And I think the most valuable strategy is just driving people, you know, you get those four educational announcements, driving people to great content that makes them go, wait a minute, this guy's more than, or this gal is more than just a Udemy instructor. Um, and so, so do you know the specifics? Because I'm interested, this is like, I'm learning about for this podcast. Do you know the specifics of what those rules are with, I can send someone to my podcast, or I can send someone to my YouTube video or my, my blog article, but if I am promoting my free download in that podcast... Like yeah. they have to sign up for an email with their email. Is that, right. has that been okay? So I do know, I do know the rules because I broke them and I got banned from sending announcements for a month and that hurt really bad. So content must be free. Uh, it must not require an email opt-in to view the content. You can have pop-ups, you can encourage people, but in the actual Udemy announcement, you can't say, please subscribe, you can't say, please leave a review. You can say that on the page. Once you get them to your page, as long as there is free content there for them to enjoy, that's all good. Just be careful also if you put affiliate links in your podcast episode or or anything like that, if it feels too advertising e even be cautious of mentioning like a Patreon campaign or anything like that. Just be super careful. We got docked for one episode that we did because students felt that it wasn't related enough. It was a nutrition episode that I sent out and it also had an affiliate link in it. Um, so the takeaway there, and we fought that tooth and nail, but the takeaway was like, that was a bit of a stretch first and foremost, that it was a nutrition episode to a learning audience. 
and uh, and also that it had an affiliate link, even though the affiliate link made us like two bucks each. So yeah. it was like not worth being banned for a month. Well, I've only been, I've only had uh, one strike against me, and it was kind of a similar situation where I I have three books on Amazon, and they're related to different courses. One on online teaching, one on I forget what they were about, but they're three topics. And what I had been doing for year or for a couple years was. Whenever I could put them up in the Kindle Select program for free on Amazon, I would blast it out to my Udemy audience using the educational announcements. And then there's, oh, there's one on freelance, a book on freelancing. So like a year ago, I sent it out to all my courses and they got upset because it wasn't specifically related to the course. Even though Mm -hmm. I was saying, well, freelancing is like related to everything with all my courses. You could be a freelancer. I, right. That was my first warning too. So with all of what we're talking about right now, I think it's everyone listening has to be very careful and Udemy totally. does change the rules. So <laughs> who knows what the rules are yes, going to be do. uh now or in the next few months or, or whenever. So be careful with yeah. your, your, this is, this is why I say like, uh, and I, I hate, like, I hate to hide the candy. And if it weren't like, if I weren't, convinced that your podcast is going to be so successful, Phil, and that everyone is going to see this and the entire Udemy community, including the staff of Udemy is going to see this. I'd be happy to share this stuff, but there are ways that you don't even need to get the, and anyone's like reasonably savvy in internet marketing is going to know where I'm going with this, but there are ways that you just need to get them to the page and you can start building an audience with these people. Uh, you know, and, and, and it's all above the table, kind of like no crazy hacking stuff, but there's ways to do this. And, uh, and I think like Udemy cannot reasonably say like, Hey, you can't drive people to your page. Um, yeah. so th- th- you know, that's, and I think one of the funny things, like silly things that they did is like, you can get a strike for anything that is against the spirit of the policy. But at the end of the day, we as content creators have to understand that this is about relationships, right? This isn't about like cheating and getting emails to sell your email list or anything like that. Like this is about building relationships with your students, allowing your students to get more of you. And, you know, I want to do webinars and I want to do live Facebook, like video feeds to help my students and all those things Udemy has been super cool about. Like if I drive people to a Facebook page and I'm like, Hey guys, I'm going to do a Facebook live on the become super learner page next week. Please go ahead bookmark I can't say like the page but I can say bookmark the page come back to it next week I'm going to be doing a live and answering your questions they're super cool about that and they understand that that you know it's a survival strategy for us but it's also benefiting them creating better course experience yeah. so like get off udemy get off like don't leave udemy but take people off udemy take your content take your ideas take your genius off udemy and and share it with the world. That's what I want to talk about now is this idea of transitioning not only with free content, but transitioning your business off of Udemy because mm-hmm. it's somewhere where I've played around with and then ultimately I kind of came back to Udemy because I, I feel like, well, Udemy is working, so I don't want to hurt that income stream and I see growth on Udemy still. But at the same time, I know that the potential for growth is much greater oh, on your own platform. So walk us through why what was that process like and well we we know the reasons there's just the control issues of having your own audience and all the Mm. rules that you have to follow on udemy or really any marketing platform but uh what yeah talk us through this this there's so much oh man (laughs) we could do a whole interview on this one so when i first heard 
I, I won't give names, but a, a friend and mentor of mine who also was in the Udemy world, we were talking about the, this idea of like his premium masterclass. And at the time I was making like good money on Udemy, like more money than I've ever made before in my life. And just like fat and happy is the way I called it. Like no new courses necessary. Like I'm just going to focus on serving my customers, doing this free podcast to give back because this community has given me so much. And he told me, he was like, well, you know, my masterclass is like $300, right? Which from my Udemy mindset was so much money. I was like, no one pays more than $15 for an online course right now. And I was like, okay, like how many people, how many people a year actually buy a 200 course? He's like, I don't know, about like 4,000. I was like, I was like, what? Like, no. And and my first response was like, I don't need that kind of money. I want that kind of money. Like, I don't need that. I'm not going to do that. It's too much work. But then he started like selling me on this idea. He's like, you know how on Udemy, like you can only have this many lectures and you'll only ever get this much money and you can only provide this much support. Cause like, dude, there's 81,000 of them and there's one of me. And, you know, I've hired staff. Like I have a full-time person doing customer service for my mm-hmm. premium stuff. I can't afford to do that for for 10 bucks a student, right? Like administrators are not cheap (laughs) and a full-time video editor that we just hired, like not cheap. Um, and building a studio, not cheap. And he's like, dude, you can do some, so much more for these people if you charge them the actual value that they're getting. Right. So I honestly believe our Udemy 2.0 course, we way over delivered. It's worth $200 easy. And we get 10 to 15, like whatever. That's cool. Like that is a deposit to the karma bank as far as I'm concerned. And I'm super happy that people enjoy and get benefits from it. But what's financing all this? What's financing the fact that today I spent like five hours developing this super intense memory palace strategy and I'm building, like we're doing 3D modeling to actually walk people through like in a virtual environment to teach them exactly how to learn. In this case, it's like, just as an example, the Russian grammatical case system, which is notoriously hard. Like ask anyone who's learned Russian. I've I've worked on it for a year and then one day I was like, oh dude, memory palace, boom. So I can afford to do that stuff. I can afford to, I flew to Germany to record like an intense one hour session with like one of the world's top memory experts, uh, Anthony Mativia. Like I can afford to do that stuff because it's two sales, one and a half sales you know, like it, it just makes financial sense to do anything and everything. I can afford to pay guest lectures to come in. So it's just like, it allows me to do such incredible stuff. I can do like any customer who has a problem in the masterclass, like any complaint, I'm just like, dude, let's hop on the phone Yeah, because it, it totally makes financial sense. And, and I don't have to worry about 81,000 people. Uh, That's what I'm dealing with right now, just with the explosion of sales, especially after these months like Black Friday or even January that have been huge on Mm -hmm. Udemy. But I have and I'm adding I I am beta testing the assignments feature on Udemy, which is great for students because, well, it's great because it makes it easier. Maybe it's not as engaging or it doesn't make them do as much work. And I don't know in the end it's is good for their learning, but they're submitting so many assignments and questions and I'm supposed to give feedback. But right now it's just me and my co-instructors who I sometimes have to pull tooth <laughs> to try to get, get them to sure. respond to questions. Sure. So yeah. And then at yeah, the end of the day, when done... it's like a dollar pr- revenue from these students, it's yeah, hard to, you know, balance how much point. time I should give that's another good point is i you know i said 10 15 dollars but at the end of the day i'm making 290 per student most of the time right like 290 to 350 or five dollars um 
and look, like that's just, you know, we, I think what we've done so well in our business is tell everyone like you've got great, great trainings and great, like we're giving you a premium product no matter what, but here's what you can expect, right? If you're in the Udemy course, I'm going to check, I check my Udemy inbox once a week, right? And I answer course questions and people need to be cool with that because some instructors don't answer questions at all. Uh, I answer them once a week. My assistant answers them more often than I do. In our Facebook group now, we've got like 8,000 people. I go in there when I'm bored. You know, I go in there when I'm waiting for the bus. Uh, and yet the masterclass guys, and, and this is just one, you know, our masterclass is twice the length of the Udemy one. But our masterclass stuff goes direct to my phone. Like, I'm super engaged with these people. Um, and, you know, I kind of felt like skeezy about that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to like, I want to, I don't want to be restricted. I want to be able, and, and especially when Udemy came in and said like, look, the most you can price at is X. And I think now 199 is the most you can price at. Like on my worst day, we don't sell our masterclass for less than 270 mm -hmm. and the price is going up to 370, right? So I don't want to be restricted in what I can offer. Like I'm the kind of person I'm going to give you my all. Uh, you know, I just have to be compensated for my time. And so yeah. I think that's, that's one big selling point, obviously like being the master of your own fate. Um, when Udemy was going down, 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 we were just going up, up, up. We more than supplemented the income that we lost there. And I think Udemy's on, on a okay path. I mean, they've raised a lot of money. They're still not profitable. Like, um, they're still figuring it out. They're still a startup a small early stage business. Um, but now I'm, I'm happy to say that we can comfortably survive without them. I'd be very sad if they went away because they are half of our revenues. But, um, and also keep in mind that a lot of the revenue that's coming, like when I say it's half and half, a lot of those people who find me on Udemy and then come through my whole program. Yeah. So that's that, you know, that would be devastating for us. Uh, if we lost Udemy, but we now have a system and a funnel and it's kind of like Udemy was a crutch for a very, very long time. And now like we can run on our own if we have to, we know how to run ads, we know how to run webinars, we know how to do affiliation, we know how to everything. Yeah. And, uh, and it wasn't easy. Let me tell you, man, it's been like two years, yeah. no year and a half of yeah. just like getting this thing up and running and building this marketing engine. <laughs> yeah. Are you enjoying this episode? We hope you're learning to become a better course creator. If you want to fast track your success, get the free seven step guide to success at onlinecoursemasters.com. Now let's get back to the show. So before we get into the marketing side of a premium product, can you share a little bit more about like, say I'm a, well, I am a Udemy teacher where our listeners are, a lot of them are going to be Udemy instructors. They have a course. What, um, they want to take their course and make it a premium product. What, do you suggest adding to the course or what things do you suggest including in a premium product to make it, you know, as valuable yeah. as two, three, four hundred? So that's plus? a that's a really great question. That's something like happy to share on it. Anthony and I did a course on this like strategy of having multiple things, and we're in the process right now, like full disclosure, of building it out, exactly doing this. So it's kind of like a meta thing. Like we're building this course that's gonna be an expansion of our Udemy course. So I can kind of talk about what we're doing there. And then, uh, and then obviously like we're going to use So it's, yeah, it's, 
kind of very meta on itself. But anyway, here's what we're doing and here's what I've done historically. With the Branding U1, we're doing entire separate sub-courses. So like this course is called Branding U and it talks about how to connect together these five pillars, right? Blog, mailing list, Udemy, Amazon, iTunes, which it sounds like is exactly what you're doing right now, Phil. Like this interview is that. And um, we talk about how it all works, strategies for connecting them, like intelligently uh, navigating the restrictions of Udemy and how it, it's basic stuff. Like how do you set up the blog? How do you set up the podcast? The stuff that you probably spent two months learning, like, oh shit, I need to buy a microphone and hosting and ID3 tagging and all this crazy shit. So we do that. On top of that, we're going to build additional modules. So like, how do I write copy for information products? How do I delegate? Like what stuff in my business can I delegate? Well, you need to hire a audio editor and video editor. How do you do that? Um, how do you, make the business kind of automated and, and passive. Uh, and then on top of that, just like next level stuff, right? So it's an expansion of the primary course. For example, how do you build ultra premium products? How do you host them? How do you, do you need to set up a corporation or not? Do you need to handle payments? How do you handle payments? You know, when you're not getting one fancy check from Udemy every month, how do you handle the bookkeeping? Like, how do you build this into a real deal business? And then obviously the hardest and most evasive parts, which are marketing and advertising. So as you can tell, like Anthony and I have a good six months of work documenting everything that we've done in our businesses to build these into, you know, six figure so, income streams in their own right. Yeah. So this is like you taking, this isn't a course that you have on Udemy though. Are you expanding a course? Actually the branding you one is, okay. um, yeah, the branding you one is, and what we're going to do is, is just build it and expand it Got like it. no other. And see, when I did my super learner stuff, I recorded both at the same time. And then I hacked off, like, I think in the beginning it was only 10 lectures. And then I added an additional five worksheets. And then I you know, added premium service and support and stuff like that. That was a mistake. <laughs> mm -hmm. I wish that I would have put about 60% of what I put into the Udemy course into the Udemy course. Mm -hmm. Because okay. the number one question that we get, we get this question about 15 times a day is what's the difference? Why is it 20 times more? Why is it 30 times more? Um, and I think we just way over delivered, mm -hmm. way over delivered on the Udemy but, course. Uh, yeah, it's it's five and a half hours. Mm -hmm. It's like really ultra premium. Yeah. So are Super you doing other things like having any, do you have an exclusive Facebook group for premium members? Do you have one-on-one -on -one no. coaching? We had, a, or we had a payment plan. Okay. So we try to do one of our kind of core values in our company is, is to really do things that scale and do uh, more with less. So we had a premium group coaching group, which was a separate product, like a monthly subscription kind of thing. And we cut that, um, because it just didn't scale and it wasn't, it wasn't economical to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, we do have the premium service support, which means like you submit a ticket through the masterclass. I will answer it personally. Uh, and I'll answer it fast, like usually within 12 to 24. Um, and then we're just constantly adding content. Like I'm a content machine and I'll interview, some of the world's top, like four days after the World Memory Championship, the first time that an American ever won, I had Nelson Dulles, the four-time USA champion, who was the team member of the guy who won on the show or on the course, dissecting the exact methodology. 
Yeah. Because obviously next year everyone's going to be using it, right? Um, and that was, you know, that was live in the masterclass within 10 days of the memory championship. So it's stuff like that mostly that's expanding it. And then a lot of um, additional worksheets, content, a daily training log, stuff like that. But we're always, honestly, Phil, we're always looking for ways like this 3D holographic memory palace exploration thing is just another way we're always trying to make the course better. I want it to feel like a $2,000 course and cost $499. That's my goal. Yeah, great. So, awesome. So mm -hmm. you're using Thinkific to yeah. host this. Uh, what do you love about Thinkific? I, I get a lot of questions. Teachable, Thinkific, all these other types of platforms. What do you really like about Thinkific? Well, so Thinkific did something really smart with us, which is like three years ago, they saw what we were doing and they're like, hey, can we just like put your course up on and it won't cost you anything? And then if anyone buys, you'll get a ton of sale. You, you know, you'll sell the course for actually 149 and we'll just take 10%. And I was like, okay, like here's a Google Drive folder, like upload all this shit. I don't care. Do whatever you want, right? Like as long as I own my content. And then, uh, and we made like one sale from one guy who was like, I hate you to me. Can I, can I buy the course? I was like, okay. And then obviously like we already had our foot in the door and they already had branded our whole store and we ended up redoing everything, but they were in the back of our mind this whole time. Uh, and they, you know, we had to set up a Stripe account. So like we basically were already on kind of thinkific and then we decided to do this masterclass. With that said, I did research everything and everybody out there uh and teachable at the time was fedora yeah and it just looked like it was going to be like another magento situation where i was going to do like a lot of custom coding and nothing was going to work right and thinkific felt more like a shopify like just plug and play now it's not perfect and they're always working on improving new features and stuff like that but they churn out new stuff all the time I love the team. Like, I really love Greg and I love all those people. Catherine's phenomenal. Like, their entire team is just awesome folks. They're Canadian, so, like, you know, they're pretty awesome. Like, they're super cool, super cool folks. And um, the software works really, really well. It's limited, but, uh, like, it's not limited. It has limitations, I guess is a better way to say that. But uh, it plugs into Zapier, and I do amazing wizardry. I mean, I teach a course on automation. So, like, I do wizardry with Zapier. Zapier replaces, like, two people in our company. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, the reason we're so small is Zapier. Are there and, any uh, specific types of things you're doing with Zapier? That yeah, so we connect Thinkific to ActiveCampaign, mm. and we do all kinds of, like, tagging and all kinds of, like, neat stuff in there. I mean, ActiveCampaign does tons of automation and we haven't even gotten to the pinnacle of where I want to get, which is you get to X point in the course. Active campaign actually already knows everything that's happening in Thinkific. So active campaign knows when you reach lecture 12 and we can fire out emails on that. And, and we haven't even gotten anywhere near that. Uh, but we can do all kinds of cool stuff like cart abandonment emails. When you buy something, I can send you emails and offer you upgrades, upsells, and that's super profitable for us. Um, and basically Zapier, and we do that through segment IO. So it's just blasting information back and mm -hmm. forth. Um, and then, yeah, basically Zapier is just doing, filling in all these tiny little gaps. Like when a customer checks out here, add them to this list, post it on Slack, mm -hmm. create an Asana task to follow up, like whatever you want to do. Nice. Kind of thing. That's pretty epic. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Cool. Yeah. So this is awesome. So what advice do you have for building out a funnel, a sales funnel to actually sell your premium 
course. What what I know you have like a lot of great content. Yeah. It sounds like that you're building into a premium product to to teach people. But sure. what can you share with my listeners right now? Yeah, I'm happy to share. I mean, I will say like it's been a process, and our funnels are our our lowest performing funnel is converting at like six to nine percent now. So somehow, like by the praise of God, <laughs> we've managed to nail it. Uh, and I would say ultimately, like the the biggest tips are start basic. And then go ninja. Like start with just a basic drip email campaign that says like, hey, so-and-so, thanks for signing up. And the next day, hey, today you're trying to do this. Let's try this. Make sure to download this. Just get people engaged and get them keep coming back. Um, I'll give you like some freebies. One of the best emails that works for us just in terms of a knowledge and learning thing is if you sign up for a free trial, you don't buy the course after I think it's like 10 days. I send you an email that's super personal. Like, hey, Phil saw that you've, you know, you opened this email, you checked out this thing, you signed up on this day, but like, you haven't upgraded. Like, what did I do wrong? That's actually the title. Hey, Phil, what did I do wrong? And it's so effective for information, right? Like, people will reach out and be like, yeah, I think I'm going to do it, but I'm still waiting. Or, hey, I don't have the money. And so we have emails that we respond to people like, hey, you know, there's a payment plan. Or, well, what if I could give you this and that with it? Um, so that's super effective. And I would, like I said, just start simple, write good copy. That's something that I think we as Udemy instructors, like we're, we're discouraged from writing good copy. They're like, just keep it simple. One paragraph. That's BS. Like study the greats study. And this all like I owe Anthony Mativier for all this influence and like banging me over the head with copy just being like, dude, you need to learn how to write. Like you need to learn how to write an engaging email because when you're sending someone an email every single day for 10 days, those better be interesting mm -hmm. and they better be engaging and they better teach people something. Like you can't just be like, here's a cool story about me. No one gives a shit. Like, mm -hmm. sorry, here's what people care about. Like, let me tell you this student's story and how this course changed his life. That's cool content. Like, let me tell you what your life is going to look like a year from now if you finish this course that's cool content. That's inspiring content. And I think like one of the big things that I often talk about, uh, to people that I coach in this space is I think we have to acknowledge as content creators, we think about like the net effect and the product and, you know, I sell a video course and video product, but actually what we really sell is hope. Like what any educator sells in the same way that Starbucks sells coffee, but what they really sell is atmosphere, ambiance, culture and acceptance, right? Like Starbucks sells to you that you belong, that you fit in, that you're part of the intellectual elite. Like say what you want. Phil, uh, what's his name? Howard Schultz himself like knows this and wrote this. So what we sell a lot of the time is hope, right? Like if you buy this course in programming, you're going to be able to build your own apps. You're going to free yourself from having to work with all these like crappy freelance developers. That's hope. Um, and sometimes like this is kind of a sad story, but 27% of books that are bought are read. Mm. Official statistic. It's probably less for online courses. So I used to beat myself up and be like, why aren't my courses engaging enough? Why aren't people like ever even starting my course? They buy it. They pay good money. I mean, I will say like one of the benefits of having a $300 course, people take that course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they take it, they follow it and they do the work at a $10 price point. People are like, I'll get back to it. So that's really cool. It's like, incentivizing people in that way and creating that like pressure. But I used to beat myself up and then I realized, you know what, like some of these people, they may have just bought the course for the hope. 
that like one day if things get bad enough, if my grades get bad enough, I just have to go in to this course that I bought on Udemy and it'll help me. And maybe that's all they wanted. Maybe that's all they needed. It's like the same reason that so many people get a gym membership, unlimited gym membership, and they go once a month and spend most of their time, you know, in the sauna. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because that's just what they need. That's what they want. And like, I often lecture people that like, it's not my place to tell people how to use my content. Yeah. And the refund button is always there if they're not getting what they want. But if they, what they want is like hope and the possibility of improving their life, like I can give them that. And also I can give them the actuality yeah. of improving life. So that's like a huge tangent that you didn't ask no, for. No, 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 that's great. And I think <laughs> knowing that with your online courses, you're selling hope, It's it's it also affects how you market your course and how you write sales copy and create your promo videos and ev- everything else. Totally, it's it's really aspirational. Any educational product is aspirational. And, and I think um, that's as important is projecting. First off, like it took me a while to learn about going because I wanted to write all happy all the time, right? Like I'm a super happy guy, super positive guy. I didn't want to talk about the pain, but there's a lot of pain. Like my students come to me with a lot of pain. Like I just got diagnosed with ADD and I've been on medication all my life and you know I'm failing out of school and I didn't pass the bar twice. Like I hear some pain stories and you know what like people need to be reminded of that it's kind of like uh robert collier once said like you don't need to show a picture of the of the blemish to sell blemish medication but you should you should remind people of the problem Mm. i think that's that's certainly true it's like you know if you're selling uh if you're selling a course on freelancing it's like are you you know this week your boss came in and, and told you what to do and you just said to yourself enough like how many times have you said to yourself enough and yet you went back in the next day why like well because you need the skills you need the strategies you need the confidence to know that you're going to succeed as a freelancer i mean that that copyrights itself right yeah yeah so i have a selfish question that i think will help people but i am starting this podcast and you have a podcast so what tips can you give me for for launching the podcast and just yeah successfully keeping up with the podcast. Yeah. So I think you're already on the right track. It sounds like you've pre-recorded a bunch of episodes. So on launch day, you'll have more than one episode. Yep. So your download numbers will go up. Obviously, you have a sizable um, audience on Udemy. Yep. You'll use those announcements. You, I mean, this is like the sin of it. And it's, it's fair because it's social proof, right? Like you have social proof in one place, like you basically can't fail. Like if I come out tomorrow with... I don't know what, like uh, a line of posters. My audience size is large enough that it, it's almost, I mean, as, assuming you create quality content, right? You almost can't fail. Like you're not dependent on the market or whatever. Uh, and that's the beauty. So like that doesn't help a lot of people, like have a big audience. Um, I think you're already doing really well. Like you've paid attention to the things that I didn't pay attention to. Like it took me two years to build this room. But I just got a review today, which is like, wow, this podcast has gotten so much better in the last year. And a large part of it is like professional equipment makes such a difference. And I can already tell that you've invested properly in in actual recording equipment. And then I guess on the content itself side is I always find that I push in a direction that I think is far 
and only then realize that, oh my God, there's so much more that I can go into. Like you can ask so much harder questions if you kind of just learn how to navigate people's emotions a little bit. And I think being an interviewer has uh, really changed the way that I interact with people in general. Mm. Like on dates, I'll just be like, ah, and so tell me about your relationship with your mother. Like <laughs> a bad example, but you, you can go so far and that's where you get like the magic, but you have to build up the trust and the intimacy. And um, I think nice. you've done a good job of that. I also just like, I'm an open book in general. So, uh, yeah, I, I think guess those are, those would be my tips. And then obviously collect emails. Yeah. Like it's all good to give away a free podcast. I actually consider my podcast to be about 50% of my charitable contribution to the world. The other 50%, mm. we give 5% of, uh, every dollar that comes in, uh, through the masterclass we give to a number of different charities, That's but basically awesome. like building schools, helping with psychological disorders, stuff like that. So that, but the other half is the podcast, which as you're about to find out, it's not cheap to produce mm -hmm. and takes a lot of time. Yeah. And we have you know, two people on staff that deal with the podcast. Mm. So Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, I am starting this podcast to, to give back and to help others. You know, obviously there's a part of it that I want it to be a, a, a funnel to help people learn about my brand. But a lot of it is like, yeah, giving back and yeah, it takes a lot of time, but I think me batch producing these episodes up front has, has really helped. And I think I'm going to get better uh, along the way totally. to asking questions and everything. But Totally. Just make sure you're collecting emails because that, yeah. that's like the main point I want to drive home is like if people want to offer you a hand to create a relationship, do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that, that works with Bribe to Subscribes really, really well. So give people a free copy of your book. Do uh, – I'll never forget like I was joking around with John Lee Dumas when I interviewed him. And I was like, you know what I love about being an entrepreneur is not the things that I get to say yes to, but the things I say no to. Like, I don't want to do webinars, so I'm not going to do webinars. And he's like, I hate to, I hate to kill your buzz, but you freaking need to do webinars. <laughs> and he, yeah. was, he was so right. Like, we're making a killing on webinars. Webinars are, are a huge portion of how our business grows. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even get into webinars. <laughs> we'll, we'll, have well, to. we'll have to do another yeah, we'll have to do another episode uh, in the future. And that brings up one of my last questions is what what's your plan for the next few years and where do you envision yourself uh, in the next few years? Yeah. yeah, so I think right now we're focused on building out Super Learner Academy, uh, two-prong build out. One, like I said, I want it to be a $2,000 course that we lovingly sell for $4.99. So I'm, I've got a pipeline here on this other screen next to me of just like, a hundred improvements that I want to record. Some of them involve like crazy, crazy shit, like building 3D models. And some of them are easy stuff, like having my team, you know, review and, and comprise and do all kinds of cool stuff. So that's one. Uh, and then I want to build out the marketing funnel of that. And I really think that that could be a million dollar business on its own, uh, in the next year or two. And then, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really actually super passionate and excited about this. Anthony is really taking the lead on it, but about building out this brand, which we call Branding You, uh, just to help other people do, because like between you, uh, well, not between you and me because we're recording this, but I've probably spent like, I don't know, like 20 grand on doing this the wrong way and mm -hmm. setting up like the MailChimp when the MailChimp wasn't right and paying this consultant and then this consultant left me and paying another consultant who left me and and I've probably left like 
reasonably $200,000 on the table of just like not having an email list for two years, unforgivable, not having a premium product for three years, just like, oh my God, when I look at the numbers that we do now, and also when I look at obviously like the students who are just like, I didn't get it until I saw this, you know, premium, whatever masterclass worksheet and it all clicked and I'm just like, Mm. Oh, like so much wasted, but I try not to harp on that and, and just, um, think that I can help other people, you know, and, and through doing interviews like this and through establishing myself as a thought leader in that space, like we can talk webinars and, and I can give you eight months, eight months it took me to profit off webinars and keep in mind, by the way, that like we're dumping ad dollars into this, like when you, when you put something on Udemy or Amazon or whatever and it doesn't sell, like, okay, whatever, fine, I wasted my time. When you put something on your own site, you're going to drive traffic to it. And we're spending, you know, we're spending $100 a day minimum on ads. So just mm-hmm. think, like, you screw it up. If you don't get the ads right or the webinar doesn't convert right or the A-B test is is mangled, whew, yeah. it's really expensive. It's, it's Especially you. when you're paying people to do all that stuff. So. Uh, yeah, that's what I want to help people. Like, uh, we want to build a course that's going to be nine ninety nine and save you $9,999 in, in just s- simple stuff that, that you'd have to learn on your own. So awesome. Well, yeah, that sounds, I mean, it sounds like you're, you're well on your way to doing that. Is there anywhere that people you want to direct people to your website or any inspirational posts that you think would help people listening to this podcast? Yeah, totally. So if anyone wants to check out all my stuff, all my projects, they can just go to jle.vi. It's like a page that has links to everything. And if people want to check out the branding you course right now, it's on Udemy, but eventually when we have the new version, we'll redirect this link. They can just go to jle.vi slash brand. Great. And, uh, that's something that we teach in the course is like have short links so that, you know, that interview that you did with Phil two years ago, you can redirect the links and, and do all kinds of kind of creative stuff there. So yeah. And if anyone wants to reach out, ask questions, I'm always here to help more than happy to. Awesome. Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll have to have you on again in the future to see how you're doing. And if you ever need anything from me, let me know. I will definitely hit you up. Awesome. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, there's no better way to learn how to create and sell online courses than heading over to onlinecoursemasters.com and downloading your free seven-step guide to success. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen and make sure to leave a rating. If you do, I might even read it on a future show. Help us reach our first 100 ratings. It'll just take one extra minute of your time. Thanks, have a beautiful day, and we'll see you next week on the next episode.